Hello and welcome back to the Family Prosperity Podcast. This is Mason. So you hear the word retirement. Retirement means you're done, right? You're too old. You have to get out. Leave it to the younger people. Go enjoy your retirement. Your golden years. Nobody ever wants to see you again. That's how a lot of people think about retirement. So when you bring up something like a mandatory retirement policy, of course they're going to be scared. They're not going to want to deal with it. And it's going to be something that's almost impossible to implement if you don't understand your options. So today I'm going to be going over why, especially in family business, retirement is something different. It doesn't mean you're just put out to pasture. Okay, so if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard the story of the Watson family with IBM. And maybe it came across as a little bit callous to say that the big mistake made here was that he wouldn't get out of the way. He wouldn't do something different. He wouldn't let his kids take over. He didn't make room for that next generation. And the reason that often seems callous is because we have a misunderstanding of what retirement looks like or what actually turning over an executive position looks like because we're not thinking of what life is like after you're the person actually running the day-to-day stuff. I think a lot of this comes from our, you know, cultural understanding of retirement because most people work a nine-to-five job. They're, you know, not flipping burgers, but you're going to your desk, you're getting a specific job done for a company, and when you retire, you're done doing that. But that is not how we should treat things when it comes to a family business or a large enterprise where you're making strategic decisions, where a lot of your value that you're bringing isn't all the things you can get done, but your experience that you can bring to the table. So I'm going to go over a couple of things you can do instead of just cutting all ties, getting out, and forgetting about your business that should make it a little easier to understand why one of the most important things we recommend you do as a family business is plan to be done by a specific age. Have a mandatory retirement policy. So there's a plan for the people that are coming up behind you. They're not just hoping you're going to die like a Supreme Court judge. I mean, <laughs> that's not what we want things to be like. We don't want this morbid gamesmanship like, oh, when is dad going to pass? Is that when I have to be able to step up? I mean, that's just, to me, it's gross. We want there to be a clear understanding of how and when this happens, so people can plan their lives around it, and so we can take advantage of experience and wisdom without getting this weird competition between father and son or that ego, and leverage all the talent and experience of that older generation in a way that still prepares the next generation and has them feeling useful. Okay, so talking about wisdom and experience, one of the most important things you can do is still participate in the big strategic decisions. If you have experience, if you have wisdom, and if you've been doing this for a long time, you are simply better situated to make a lot of those big strategic decisions than someone who's just getting into this or has only been in it 10 or 15 years if you've been at it for 50. And this is why we have to set up family boards early. Yes, business boards are important. Having a corporate board, having an advisory board, really important. But when it comes to having a family or privately owned business here, setting up that family board and getting used to having that make big decisions that the family's going to stick with 
is a way you can still participate in that, especially when it comes to, you know, the operations of the family businesses falling under this board. Not only can we leverage the, you know, executives in that business, but anyone who's done a really good job and is coming back to that family board is going to have so much to bring to the table when it comes to insight on how to go forward. And that's why you have to set that up ahead of time. You don't just want to go, I'm retiring, let's set up a board where I get to control everything. There has to be that history, or it doesn't make sense, there's not that commitment. And whoever's coming up behind you is going to go, well, look, when you were in charge of the company, it was your company, you made the decisions, you're just putting this board in place so you you know can keep your hands in and control everything. And you don't want it to look that way, so you need a history. That's why you got to set it up early, have a mandatory retirement policy, and plan to be sitting there talking through the decisions and being able to vote, maybe even thinking about how you transition that power away slowly. Because the last thing we want is a cut and dry retirement. You're suddenly gone. Even large corporations understand this. If you think about a larger acquisition, for instance, I mean, if you know Pillsbury and Gen it's bought by General Mills, they're going to bring in an entire cultural team. There's going to be a lot of holdover between those high-level executives. They're going to have to train them, get used to things, slowly change the culture over time, and implement those new people. The more important the role, the longer it's probably going to have to happen. I mean, if you're a manager at a Domino's, you just train them in over a couple weeks, a week even, a couple days. But if you are in charge of actually being the CEO of a huge company, it's going to take a long time to to train somebody to fill those shoes. And we want to emulate that even when it comes to our family businesses. So we have to do it in a little bit more of a formal way. We don't just want to turn that job title over and then kind of try to sort it out. Like, oh yeah, he'll still listen to me. I've got a good insight into stuff. And you know, there's no guarantee that's going to work unless we've set a precedent set a precedent for how we're going to make these decisions. And that means we have to plan now for what we want things to look like. I mean, you don't want to be that person that's doing a job instead of owning a business where they go, I'm going to work as hard as I can until I can't work anymore. And then I'm just going to leave and probably, again, to get a little morbid here, just die because you have nothing to do. There's nothing important. You're kind of going to hear of things, maybe go try to control things again, but that's going to you know, rub people the wrong way. And you're going to lose that purpose in life. So you need to plan for what you want to look like when you're halfway in the door of operating a company, you know, when you're three fourths of the way out from doing all the operations, and then when you're all the way out, and you're just helping make the strategic decisions, helping make the decisions that other family members might participate in, but you have unique insight and experience with. That's what's important about laying those foundations. Okay, so that kind of covers how you should transition out how it should be more of a transition than just cut and dry. I'm leaving tomorrow. Good luck, son. And then some of the other things we have to think about are how to take advantage of diversification. So I've talked about this from the perspective of the upcoming generation. I'm telling them, don't be just like that person who started the business. Because if you're just like them, you're obviously missing out on synergies, on things that work together. You need different components that can work together to maximize, you know, your potential as a team. You can't all play the same position. We can't all be a forward in a soccer game, otherwise we're gonna get scored on. But coming at this from a retirement perspective, not just quitting and not being in charge of running the business full time, 
we want to take advantage of experience and wisdom to go look out at what else the family could be doing. Having that long-term understanding is so valuable. And, and thinking strategically about how we're going to develop the family enterprise or anything in the family is going to be so, so valuable for those younger generations. Now, this has always been my dad's dream. He understands mergers and acquisitions very well because he was part of, for instance, the Pillsbury General Mills acquisition, along with many others. And he's understood that once you make one successful operating business and you're able to leverage that to grow and expand and improve, you know, your standing. All of these really long-term goals are the kinds of things you're going to have an eye for more than someone that has to run the day-to-day. And while that ambition can often come from the younger people, they don't have as much experience in understanding where things can go or what the risks are and what the potential benefits are. You are better situated to be doing that long-term strategic planning when you've had the experience, one, and two, you're not stuck operating things every day. So you're doing a disservice to your family if you refuse to stop being the person who is making sure things run properly, you know, hands on the wheels trying to drive the car when you could be, you know, sitting in the passenger seat, giving advice, looking at the map and seeing where we want to go. You can't really look at the map and drive at the same time. And while it would be okay to have you driving the car and someone with less experience looking at the map, it's better to have someone with an understanding of the lay of the land to plan out that trip. So you're better suited to be planning things, to be setting the path forward. And if they get capable enough, it's probably better, and not to stretch this metaphor way too far, but it's probably better for that younger generation. I mean, they've got the quicker reaction time. They're not going to fall asleep at the wheel. And that's not even to speak of how important it is to get them hands-on experience in running something that they're going to have to run eventually anyway. Or, on the flip side, disqualify themselves for running if they can't perform. Okay, so transition out slowly. Try to look at strategic and diverse opportunities if you can, because you're better situated for that. And then number three, plan out what you actually want to do if you're not forced day to day to just work yourself to the bone. There are things in life other than being successful at business. And that's easy to say, but it's hard to execute. If you've done something for a large portion of your life, if you've built it up from nothing, it's hard to step back, step away, and start prioritizing other things. But you're going to be happier if you do, because you're not going to be able to do it forever. You're going to have to prepare the next generation. And there are other things you can do that are more important and more fulfilling as you continue to age. But if you don't plan that, suddenly you've dropped the most important thing in your life and you have no idea how to cope. So not only should we be transitioning out of operating, having those hands on the wheel, we have to look at the other things we're hoping to accomplish in life other than having that strategic vision. Now this is one I talk about all the time. We're not just talking about the next generation, your kids. We're talking about their kids and the kids after them. One of the most important things you can give that third generation is the benefit of your time, the benefit of your wisdom and your values. There is study after study after study that the relationship grandchildren have with their grandparents is a huge predictor of their lifetime success. The only stuff even close to it is whether they have parents that are around. 
And while building those relationships would obviously be my top priority, it's what I've always wanted in a, you know, post being the CEO type age, you also have to plan out all the other types of activities that are going to keep you going. You need to stay creative, you need to stay active, and you need to have fun. Because if you're not looking forward to this stuff, there is no way that you're going to step aside. You're always going to want to be the person that is doing what they're used to, running a business or running a family or being that person that everyone looks to to get things done right now. Because that is fulfilling, it's valuable, and it's important. So if you don't have priorities that are just as valuable, important, and meaningful, there's no way you're ever going to feel comfortable or ready to transition away from being in the driver's seat. When we look at these families that have struggled because someone wouldn't get out of the driver's seat, I think that's only one side of the coin because it's not about attacking that person and saying that they're a detriment, that they're just in the way and they need to get out of the way. I think that's one of the big reasons that we fail. We fail because we don't have a really good concept of what a valuable life looks like after you're not the guy running the day-to-day, the guy operating, executing, the chief executive officer. But if you really think about it, is that all you want to be until you suddenly can't do it anymore? You know better than anyone that trying to manage and run a company or companies takes attention, it takes energy, it takes drive. And I know the biggest thing you wish you would have had starting this, if you had this, lucky you, it's probably a big part of what contributed to your success. But the biggest thing that you wish you had was probably somebody else there you could bounce things off of that could guide your decision making and back you up. So you're not just grasping in the dark. I know that's how it was for my dad starting a business. You know, he came up through the corporate world. We had to build this from scratch, not knowing where we were going until we got back to the corporate world. And if he could have had somebody there that could guide him, that could explain what he might want to do and help him make those decisions while keeping an eye on the big strategic stuff, we would have got there, you know, twice as fast. And it would have been less stressful along the way. When we were younger, and and this was just getting started, I know that he would have given anything to have somebody there to back him up with us, taking care of us, interacting with us, enriching our lives in a way that was reliable, deep, and meaningful. So do that. Actually think about this stage of your life. Plan it out and let people know when it is, years and years in advance. Don't make them guess whether your health is going to decline, whether you're just going to burn out at some point, and then they're going to have to pick things up. And that's the negative, but give them all the gifts that you're capable of giving. Help teach your grandchildren values. Teach them how to lead. Give them a connection to the past that's going to help them grow into better people. Succession planners use third act, and I guess that is an okay metaphor for what you're trying to do. But that third act is where you secure your legacy. It's not when you're the only guy building a business that you can make sure things are going to go well after you're gone. It's as you transition out. Just handing things down never works. You have to build the whole world that you want to leave behind. And that isn't retirement. That's something else. But no matter what it is, it's certainly not just quitting and, you know, getting out. And if you can think of it this way, I think it will make it 
hundreds of times easier to start planning this kind of thing. It's not that you've lost your value, it's that you're more valuable doing other things. I really hope this helped you understand what life can look like after you are in that entrepreneurial phase that you might be in right now. This is probably the biggest thing you have to plan for and start preparing for way ahead of time. The longer, the better. The more explicit, the better. And if this has helped you out, I hope you can share this with someone who maybe needs to hear this message. Because making sure our family stay successful and happy and thrive, I think, is the most valuable thing we can do. If you want to see where your family's at with this right now, click the link below. Just enter your email address and you can take a free diagnostic to see where your family stands, whether they have a good chance of survival, whether they're engaged, and what their identity looks like. As always, remember to like and subscribe and join our Facebook groups. There's one for people just trying to talk about planning this on their own. That's the public group. And then there's our actual company page. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great rest of your day.